Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We are so glad that you could join us live today. Today's date is February 15th in the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Greg Messina, and if you are new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. Of course, I would like to open up with our usual uptime panel, and I start with Brother Bob Barber. Hey, Brother Greg. Hey, How's it going? Doing good. Doing good. How are you? How was your week? Real good week. Real productive week. And um, just looking forward to seeing what may happen with a potential World War III blowing up in our face. Maybe. You know, there's Maybe. a lot of talk, but, you know, I, so, I associate World War III with the tribulation and the rapture in there somewhere. So, I think I, I think most of us on this program and, and uh, in the audience probably do. Um, hey, listen, uh, we're watching, right? We're waiting. Lord, come quick, right? Amen. Lord, come quick. And we welcome back, of course, Brother Kevin Hookman. Ah, good evening. Yes. On the brink of, of war and rumors of wars, I think this is a more possibly more rumors of wars than wars. But uh, seems like we're making we're, it seems like we're making it worse. <laughs> That's what yeah. I keep hearing from like the president of Ukraine, right? He's like, "You guys uh, just settle down, settle down." And then just a couple of days ago, he's like, "You guys are are like making this all into something here," uh, you know. So get you know sometimes uh, people. We'll do things to start up, you know, or, or foment wars. So, I mean, you know, like to distract, for example, Bob. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, they need something new now. You know, the whole the whole uh, mandate on the whole uh, sickness thing is done now. So they got to, you know, move on to something new now, something else that creates controls for them. Yeah. You know, more lockdowns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More fear, more fear. More fear and lockdowns. Yep. All right, and we also bring back Brother Joe. Hi, everyone. Hi. God bless. Hey, Brother Joe. Hey. Hey, Bob. Hey, Kev. Hey, Greg. Welcome back, man. All right. Yeah, so how you, how you been? Good. How was your week? I had a good week. Um, good. Things were quiet over here, and um, watching the roller coaster and the news media as usual, and uh, <clears throat> seeing a few people I know online getting really weary of the constant crisis Every day there's a crisis in the news and, uh, you know, some other professionals in, uh, in real estate and finance have, like, had enough. They're, uh, they're tired of all the crisis news every day and they're over it. So no one can gauge what's coming and uh, they're exhausted. So I'm, I'm noticing that, you know, even people in my family, they're like, every day, you know, we're waiting for the next thing. It's like, I know, it gets old, right? And now they're at the point where, well... They're getting to the point where they can start to see what's coming next. And a little, you know, as far as prediction goes, I watched one interview um, yesterday with the truckers. And the one question the guy asked, I knew right away they were getting ready to uh, set them up. And uh, sure enough, you know, today they made the choice. Let's get out of here before they do that. Even they know. They know what they have planned. So at least people are seeing it, you know. True. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing about this the, this whole thing is that, you know, it takes a little bit of time, but people start getting weary of, um, you know, this constant, like you said, this constant crisis mode, right? People start getting 
getting weary of that. They started, then they start doing like, you know, kind of different things that they would normally do. Um, some people got really weary, like right away, like back in the summer of 2020. And we saw what they did. I mean, they just like rampaged through the United States. Um, and then, uh, and then like takes some people a little bit longer, but you know, then it gets like, okay, no more. I'm, I'm, I'm taking a stand kind of thing. Um, you got to wonder how that's going to play out during the tribulation. Cause I mean, there's going to be crisis after crisis after crisis, and it's not going to ever let up. It's just going to keep going stronger and stronger. People are going to break. I mean, mm-hmm. but like you said, at a certain point, even after they take the stand, some people like they, they back down after that because they're, because they get afraid that like, Oh, serious repercussions are going to come on me. If I continue this, okay, well, I'll bend a knee, you know? And it's just like, how long are people going to be willing to withstand? Um, we do know that, of course, our believers are going to withstand all the way to the beheadings. But, I mean, you got you got to think that a lot of people are just going to get deceived and just fall fall in line with the you know with the beast system ultimately. Yeah, it's kind of sad. But right now we're seeing like actual some decent pushback. But I mean, it takes like a lot of people to push back against a very few that are in power, right? Well, you know, the pushbacks are nice, but let's take a look. Let's take a real deep look at this. First of all, I'm hearing some very disturbing things about these convoys, okay? They got real organized really quick, and they're global already, okay? Um, as good as they sound, and they, they're all great, okay? And I'm sure the people that are involved with it, there are a lot of great people involved with it, but I think there's a dark side to this whole thing. Because I'm hearing a lot of rumors now that even George Soros is involved with organizing this stuff. Hmm. Because let's think about it this way. Um, you, we're, we're not going to go over to march to the government. We're, the four of us, and we're not going to go to the Capitol and do all that stuff. We're not going to go there and block traffic, do crazy stuff like that. But you know who will? These truckers will. And guess mm-hmm. what? These truckers, I believe right now, are being organized globally. Right now it's happening across, across the world. And here's the thing. These guys are going to go in there. They're going to confront the government. You know what the government's starting to do now? They're starting to justify, hey, it's okay to freeze people's bank accounts because you're a terrorist. I'm going to freeze your bank account. So they're opening the doors for that stuff. They're opening the doors now for the idea, hey, you know what? Maybe we should use the military against you civilians. Let's start doing that. Let's get our foot in the door with that now. You know, so this, this unfortunately, as great as these convoys are, and we, we, are, we are seeing some victories, like you're saying, Kevin, but I think this is being organized right now to uh, create the ultimate civil war globally because right now people weren't standing up. I guess the globalists are like, you know, you people are not standing up fast enough. You know, right. why don't we just organize the people on your behalf to go up there and stand up for you? And they're going to be so blatant about it that, you know, then it's going to cause us, oh, we got to use our military now against you. Oh, you you pushed us too far, truckers. And, you do. Yeah, you, know, you do make a good point there, Bob. Um one thing that I noticed when you said that is like the the, the restrictions and, and so forth and the powers aren't aren't enough that that uh, you know with what was going on. So I could see how an outside force could say, okay, well let's set up a, a deterrent, something that actually is a quite a big deal, so that the people in power can have an excuse to even get more power. Mm-hmm. So we just saw that, right? I mean, uh, in Canada, 
They've, they've, they've rolled out these emergency powers that have never been rolled out before. And, and so now they've got like even more control. And like you said, Bob, now you got banks that are like shutting down and closing or, or at least uh, freezing people's accounts, um, which they were not doing before. And we know this is just a precursor for what's going to happen here. Well, exactly. I mean, so, but, but I could see why they would use this, Bob, and they could say, you know what? We don't have enough of this going on. Let's start something up so that we can get some more power consolidated. Yeah, they pretty much, I believe, I hate to say this, but it might come out later, but that's a whole lot of organizing that happened really quick right there globally. And there's only one person that does that. That's George Soros. Yeah. Okay. He, he organized all the people coming in. So it's like, like I said, you know, there's a lot of people on our side that are mad. He's like, but you like, you guys are not fighting back quick enough. We need you guys to stand up. We need you guys to come, come at us with force. It's almost like they're trying to grab us and pull us toward them. Come on, hit me, hit me. Come on, hit me, hit me. And that's what they want now. So that way, when you throw that first punch, it's on like Donkey Kong. Well, and even all, another thing about it too, Bob, is that these people don't care about about how they're how they're viewed by the public, these leaders. They don't they don't care about polling numbers. They don't care about approvals. They don't care about any of that stuff. And you got to wonder why, because they do like being in power. So if you have a whole bunch of people that are against you, normally those people don't stay in office. But we've seen them stay in office, and we've seen them come into power. So And, and we've seen them guarantee that they're going to win well before – the election occurs. So something's there, you know? So I, so if, let's just put it this way. If you don't really care about how you're viewed or voters or that kind of thing, because the outcome's already taken care of in some way or another, then you could do whatever you want. And, and, and even if it's unpopular, you don't really care. Uh, so it's like these guys have either, a, a, they don't care because it's just so short term and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, like not much time left. And so they're just like getting as much power as they possibly can. Or they're saying, we're going to continue to get power and we're going to stay in power because, um, well, because we, we, we I'm not, I'm not going to say the word because we'll get, we'll probably get in trouble, but it starts with an R and, and uh, ends with an egg. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's already, um, it's a foregone conclusion. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean for us? It means we're going home soon. I mean, come on! If they're going, if they're going through these <laughs> lengths right now to get people to come in, fight on their behalf, to really start causing a ruckus, so they can pass legislation at lightning speed now because of these horrible truckers with their kids in their bouncy houses and they're sitting around drinking and they're having their they're grilling out. How horrible! Just horrible! Oh my goodness! The threat to society. Oh my goodness! But hey, you know, two years ago is okay. When they're burning down the cities, no, you know the media yeah. gave them a peaceful pass on that, didn't they, Kevin? Didn't oh, that they? was a peaceful. That was a peaceful, yeah. mostly, mostly peaceful protest, right? I mean, that's yeah. what it was. So you can give them a pass on that. But I like that. Greg, uh, Greg's like, yeah, you know what time it is. Um, that time. it's true. When yeah, whenever we see these things come to pass, we're not to be troubled. We are told not to be troubled. Do not have the fear that you know. Um, you know, look up. For your redemption draws near. That's I think that's the the stance that we we all need to have during these these days, is that we see these things happen, and instead of having a spirit of fear, we have a spirit of well, this is coming to pass, just as 
as God said it would. Amen. Couldn't have said it better. Um, So uh, we were expected to have one of your friends, longtime friends, uh, come on with us, Bob. But Mm -hmm. due to time change or conflict, uh, he may not be, may or may not be coming on with us. So we'll see. But um, uh, we have had him on before, Pastor Larry Shelby, um, excellent, powerful man of God. good friend of Bob Barber's and yeah, we would love to have him back on. So uh, if you do a quick search in uh, uptime channel, you could just type in pastor Larry or pastor Larry Shelby. You can take a look at our previous uptime with him. So uh, with that said, I mean, you guys are pretty much going to be probably uh, getting me up to speed with what's been going on during the week. I've just been absolutely crazy, barred with work and other stuff. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, I've been keeping up with a little bit of what's been going on in Canada, and apparently, there are some people who have uh, gone out to uh, pray, and uh, they're going around. Um, I think just like the the walls of Jericho coming down, they're, they're doing seven day fast and prayer. Nice. Um, so uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about that. Possibly have some other people come on, um, maybe even next week. I'm uh, thinking of some some other people who have been involved with that. Uh, so we'll we'll see if we can we can see if we can get people who have been on the front lines there in Canada. Um, we'll see, but uh, good stuff coming there in terms of God's God's people coming out doing what you know is, needs to be done. Spiritual warfare, praying. Uh, they will be praying until the seventeenth, I think. Yeah, so the till this Thursday. Anybody online know about this? Please uh, fill us in also. Um, I've heard a little bit about it, but uh, again, I've just been bombarded with stuff. I think the enemy is just trying to keep me distracted. And, you know, um, you know, even, even in my prayer, I've been noticing that it's, it's been a little more difficult for me to just get into, into deep prayer. And I realize I got to rebuke this because this is coming from the enemy. Totally, totally from the enemy, because it's like. It, it, what used to be so easy for me, it was just like, okay, it's become something that uh, is becoming more of like a wall. And I'm not doing anything, I don't think, anything that I could say that would cause that other than the busyness, right? The distractions of life. I'm sure every one of us has been through it at some point. I'm sure you guys have been through it. And you can tell there's some kind of, you know, there, there's kind of the strain, you know, the going on where what used to be so meld so nicely in with, with the Lord smooth as butter, just kind of, you know, kind of comes apart, falls apart a little bit, but he always brings us back in, right? As long as we want it, we were desiring it. We're still in the flesh. You know, we still deal with things in this life, in this world, but we just have to rebuke that. We have to come against it in Jesus Mm name. And uh, I'm just asking you guys help, you know, lift me up in prayer. Um, lift all of us up in prayer because we need it. I think that I think a lot of people and you, you in the audience, you could tell me also. Do you feel like you've been attacked more than, recently than you have been in the, the past few months, years? Do you feel this escalating, this this pressure? Uh, supposedly, there was a uh, huge satanic gathering over the weekend as well. Again, I didn't pay too much attention in uh, Arizona. Arizona, thank you, Joe. But you know, I get these little bits of information. I realize, okay, well, all right, 
better cover myself in prayer this weekend because you know seats, who they're targeting. Their seats were sold out. Wow. Sold out. Sold out. Can you tell us, can you fill us a little, fill us in a little bit? Well, I, I watched a little bit from uh, the clip on the gentleman on YouTube, Many Fish, and um, he um, he was just, you know, talking about what's going on and, and the, the fact that they're hosting these events. It's the same people that were trying to get their statue approved, I think, in the local community, and they were denied originally, and now they're doing this to show and promote how peaceful they are and how they help the community. And um, <laughs> that's like so, that's the thing a badger is helpful. I know. So you know they're they're making their way into getting um, accredited um, with certain people, and soon they're going to be um, they're going to have their own acronym, and you won't be able to say anything about them. And the children in school will be able to be a part of that group, and. You know, it's going to it's happening right now. It's just and I think it's you know, you and I, we know it's been happening behind closed doors since the beginning of time. But um, and I've, I've heard stories of happening in the White House with Lincoln's wife and the things she would hold in. Uh, in the White House, but I can't verify that. And, um, you know, I just want to say one thing about the truckers that. Spending time this week watching them and then watching the veterans show up at the memorial take down the cages that they put down around the veterans memorial the war memorial and the first thing they did was they said the our father prayer and the police showed up and they were telling them that these were the men that took down the memorial they're the ones that fought for this country and the police walked away but when i saw that it kind of gave me understanding of what it's going to be like when the tribulation happens they're going to, these people are going to say prayer and they're going to allow themselves to be beheaded because the way I saw the Holy Spirit running through these people, there was nothing that you could do to them. And, you know, right now the Antichrist isn't here, but that is a big example of the way it's going to be. They're going to show up, they're going to take them away, or they'll do it right there with a firing squad. And... I'm not trying to red flag this channel, but I'll tell you right now, everything that they're accusing the truckers of doing, they do. And that's usually usually the motive. Freezing assets, cutting wires and preventing fuel is an act of war. Mm -hmm. And closing a bridge or a channel is an act of war. And yeah. These people, and I was, you know, I was having this conversation with someone and I said, unfortunately, telling the enemy you're going to, that you're not going to resist and that you're going to go peacefully is is a really nice thing. But it's also telling them that you could be taken out. And the way this country was founded, and I'm sure Bobby will agree, you know, history a little bit better than me with this country, but, you know. At some point, the line was drawn and you either hit your knees or you take your sword up. So I knew from the beginning, you can't fight this enemy. You can't fight them physically. You're not going to get what you want the other way either, though. And that's the world we live in. And that's why over the past couple of years, since before COVID or just before, I know it's not easy for everybody to get out of the situation they're in. But it might be worth looking at making a plan how to get out of this world system as fast as possible and as conveniently as possible. 
maybe even during this, what should be this next real estate collapse, getting yourself a piece of land. I sold land down here today for $15,000 for a couple acres. So maybe pooling money together with friends and family and not saying live on the land, but maybe have some farming, some animals, doing things because when they do freeze your bank account, and they have, I've been following the truckers and the people live streaming, all of them. I know their accounts are getting frozen. So that tells you that that's another act of war. So the banks are in cahoots with the politicians that don't care about getting voted out, Kevin, because your vote don't count, in my opinion. And the way it works is that if they were worried about our vote, they would do the right thing. And they don't care. Like you said, Kevin, they don't care because they have no fear. So the only option is to get out of that system or just be ready to deal with the headache that comes along with it. Yeah. I would have loved to seen, you know, the Liberty screamed all the way, you know, me personally, you know, it's just, you know, the the way it works in this situation is, and you know, I'm pretty sure this is the way it worked when they, you know, took their colonies and did what they had to do. They held, you know, they held court and they locked people up right away. They took over, you know, and that wasn't done. You can't get rid of these people unless you hold them accountable. And they're just not in a position to hold all of the, any of them accountable. They don't have a commission set up or a government set up to have the police arrest them and put them in, you know, in the places they belong and have a trial and look into the funding. And they do. And that's what they're doing to them. And they're going to take away their licenses. Mm-hmm. I have one last theory about the truckers, why they don't care about them. You know, we think about why are they so hot for the truckers? Why, why are they making the ones coming in and out of the country have to have it so bad? And in my opinion, when Elon Musk commented on I support the truckers, it was like a red flag for me. Because two years ago, he was holding an event where he was unveiling a semi that's completely automated with no driver. So is it fair to say that he has no interest in supporting the guy behind the wheel? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they want these guys to disappear because once you have, listen, drones are not going to drop off stakes to people in the tribulation. Semi trucks are always going to be driving. So if they take control of the transportation system, they control the food and they don't have an opinion behind the wheel. Right. And what, if anything, this week showed is that these guys are in prayer. They're saying our father's prayer. That guy's going to take the food to the homeless, to his friends, his family, and everybody else that's starving. But with an automated semi-truck and an automated plane, you'll never have to worry about that. And that, to me, is a huge sign of the times we're going in. The television was one, so everybody could see the witnesses rise up. And then this other thing is the control of the food. So getting rid of these truckers, they haven't, well, it's clear, they have automated vehicles. So getting rid of them doesn't hurt them. They want them out of the picture. Mm-hmm. What's nice about it too is even they're 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 cutting off uh, supply chains right now. The truckers aren't working; they're all protesting, so it's a double win for them. So now yeah. we're not getting our food. So the, man, this, that, I mean, these guys, whoever's organizing Satan, okay, brilliant, brilliant. Of course, he had two thousand years to prepare for it, you know. But it was brilliant what they're doing. I mean, the, every move they made, especially with the sickness, when they introduced that the totalitarian, totalitarian controls. That was given to them since then, and it just spun out of control. And now, since they're here, they're never going away. Okay, yeah, granted. Okay, okay, your your kids don't have to wear a mask in school no more. 
for now. <laughs> for Depending now. on where you live. Yeah, but that's okay because now we're the, the main thing is they're they're teaching the world the, they're teaching the, the all the humans on Earth to become compliant. That's what they're teaching them right now, and they taught us to be compliant through the sickness and the mandates. The next thing is going to be carbon control, you know, and they're going to have a they're going to have a and that's brilliant too because everything that the sun's doing right now is just literally literally destroying us carbon wise right now, and especially going into a solar maximum and with Planet X as well, you know, they can push that narrative like you wouldn't believe now, oh, yeah. you know, so it's yeah absolutely brilliant, bravo guys. You know. I mean, a third a third of the commercials on Super Bowl was electric cars, and this goes back to what we spoke about. With they can shut the electric electricity right off, you won't be able to drive your car. Mm-hmm. So between that, the semi trucks that control the food, they're never going to kick your door in and ask you for your arms. You never have to worry about someone kicking your door and saying, "Give me your guns." The reason why is. You'll hand them over to get a loaf of bread. Right. I'm not saying you guys, but they're just yeah. doing a squeeze. That's all this is. They, they, mm-hmm. they don't have the man. They don't have the manpower to do what they want, but they have the squeeze. So what they want to do is they're just being logistical geniuses, right? That's all they are. They're just being logistical geniuses. They got guys like Jeff Bezos that know how to manage and do all the things they've been doing. So what they're going to do is they're going to, and this is the same thing with the Antichrist, right? They give you the option, take it, right? And in the end, yeah, they come for you when you don't take it. But the beginning is going to be, hey, why don't you just take it so you can walk in this super Walmart and get everything you need? So the whole thing has always been going back to the time of Adam and Eve is about just temptation. And the same thing with, you know, with Jesus and, and you know, with Lucifer, it's just all temptation. So, yeah, they'll squeeze a few things, but they'll just say, listen, we'll freeze your bank accounts. Why don't you just go home? Don't worry about it. you got you got a family to feed. Mm-hmm. And that's what it all comes down to is the flesh, because if we didn't have our flesh right now, would we have would we be worried about anything? No. Nope. How could they get at us? Yeah, that's why they have to control the money. Satan knows that. Right. That's why the mark of the beast. Revelation chapter 13. So you cannot buy or sell as he who has the mark. He understands that if you cannot buy or sell. You can't do nothing. And you know what's really interesting? Like uh, gold and silver. I was like, okay, I'll get a whole bunch of gold and silver, silver coins, and I'll just do uh, trade people that way, get food that way. Um, no, that's not going to happen. The, the book of Isaiah said the gold and silver will be thrown onto the street. Okay, so something's going to happen when that stuff's going to be worth nothing. It's going to be so bad. People are going to be so angry with it that they'll make a point of going out into the street and throwing it for everybody else to have. Okay, and the thing I understand is this gold, physical, physical gold, silver, precious stones, that's all God's economy. That's not Satan's economy. That's God's economy. That's his stuff. And we've been running on that for thousands of years up until recently, you know, but be it as it may, the tribulation, they they're not going to use gold or silver because they can't track it. But they will use will be some form of a biometric tracking cryptocurrency system. And that is why I know cryptocurrency is not going away. It's just morphing and changing right now. It's getting everybody used to it, getting everybody to accept it, you know. But eventually it's all going to, you know, pretty much be 
you know, combined, right, Kevin? It's going to be absorbed into one currency. All the cryptocurrency will be absorbed into one global coin that will be a crypto biometric currency, which will also be tied to the mark of the beast. And that's never going away. But that's the gold amazing silver, technology. Yeah, the gold and silver, it'll help you right now. But however they bring that about, eventually gold and silver won't be worth anything. Either. Well, you can't eat it. Um Right. So just like, uh, you know, I mean, what are you going to do with it if it's, uh, you know, someone's like, well, okay, are you hungry? Yeah. Okay. You got some gold. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got plenty of food and, uh, you know, I could use some of that gold because I could use it over there, which you obviously came and get to because you're just sitting over there hungry. So I'll just take some of your gold and give you a piece of bread. And it's like, what's it worth then at that point? You know, it's like Mm -hmm. you can't eat it. But. You know, you're right, Bob, because this, the, the technology, the, the blockchain technology, the smart contracts, those type of things, um, and the security that you could have and the, per, and the perfect accuracy of it and then the transactions between people, um, they could absolutely perfect that technology and, and make it a super tracker. Um, and I think that that's, I mean, a, a super tracker better than any other kind of tracking system that we have. I mean, that, that, that is like, that is like the ultimate system for control is when you can harness that power and then have everybody in that system, there is the talk about being confined inside of a box. That's what that is because you, because there is nothing, there's nothing outside of that at, at a certain point. I mean, you go off of that grid, Bob, and you're and you're back to like the barter system of six thousand years ago. I mean, you are you you know you're you're on the land at that point. You're 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 growing your own crops and this and that, and you're just hoping that somebody is not going to come take them, whether it be you know a criminal or whether it be the government as a criminal. So. I mean, you, you know, either way, you could lose any, every, anything and everything that you possibly could have um, if you don't go on to that system. At the same time, though, there is going to be a worship element to that, and people are going to be deceived uh, by the, the lying signs and wonders that are going on there. So they are going to believe that that Antichrist is the Messiah, is the Savior of the world. And, um, you know, as we know, there is a savior of this world. His name's Jesus. I mean, he is the Christ. He is son of the living God. He, he came 2000 years ago and he, he died for us. He rose again so we may have eternal life. I mean, he, there's not going to be another, a real true Messiah. I mean, he, Jesus is going to come back, but you know, like Jesus said, I, I come in my father's name. There's going to be someone who comes in the future in his own name and you're going to believe him. And mm-hmm. This world is ripe and ready for a Messiah, for, for, for a false Messiah, especially. Because look at the true Messiah is already here, and the, and the majority of the world's already rejected him, okay? And they continue to reject him. But, but we who, are, who don't, we continue to, to tell people about it. And there are people that are coming to Christ every single day, which is awesome. And in countries that you least expect it to happen. I just saw an article uh, and a video this last week regarding how many Christians are, are coming out of Iran right now. I mean, it, with oppression comes salvation. 
and a lot of a lot of times is that people get pushed down so more so much and then they look they search for the truth at that point and when they find it uh they're blessed and it's it's amazing what's going on too bob with feeding my sheep today as well and how many people uh in in third world countries are coming to the saving knowledge of jesus that's where we're seeing it, isn't it, Bob? Yeah. Third world countries. I mean, yeah. I'm sure, you know, there's salvation here, there, obviously here. There's stuff stuff going on. But why why do we see it over there more so? What do you what do you think? Well, or is it just it's because we don't they don't see the uh T V evangelists here like we've seen. Mm. They don't see all the uh the corrupt preachers and all the rock star preachers and that stuff we've been looking at for the last thirty years. So they don't see that. They they see something completely they don't see any of that here. So Christianity kind of has a bad name here. <laughs> you know. So I, I remember that video I sent you, that guy that was he said that one preacher, he said that uh he claimed that all his baptisms were invalid, so yeah. his whole congregation is oh, going to hell. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, you wow. gotta be kidding me. My wife showed me that thing. I had to send it to you guys. Yeah. I'm like yeah. wow. Well, I, I was encouraged by mostly. I was encouraged by the comments from that 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 uh, our web web page, and that most of the comments are just like, "Well, there there goes the Catholic Church again with their dogma and doctrine, and it's just like invalidating people's salvation, like they have the ability to do that because mm-hmm. someone said one word that they didn't like instead of we. He he he's, he said we instead of I. I baptize you. We baptize you. It's like, really? So that just invalidates the salvation. And how did baptism become of an infant make them saved at that point? I, that's another thing, too. I mean, uh, I, I thought salvation was was uh, was about people, individual people, accepting Jesus as their personal Savior. That's, that's what salvation is. It's not about being baptized as an infant. I'm not saying that being baptized as an infant, I was baptized as an infant, but that, that, that didn't save me. That, that, that didn't give me salvation that day. So no matter what the, 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 the pastor said at that point, didn't make a hill of beans difference on whether or not I was going to be saved or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that was up to me. So for them to say that this, this priest said those words and all those people now need to go get rebaptized because their salvation is in jeopardy. I mean, the comments were just like, "This is this is ridiculous. This is just more, uh, you know, more horrible stuff coming from the Catholic Church." Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my wife showed my wife showed me that, and I was like, "Of course, it it triggered me to begin preaching about true baptism," you know. And I know like, baptism by mm-hmm. water doesn't save you; it just gets you wet. Okay. <laughs> You know, you the the Bible is very clear that once you have faith in what Jesus did, that moment you have faith, that's you literally reaching out to receive the gift that Jesus has given you. That's when you have faith. That's when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit. I mean, even in First uh, Corinthians uh, one seventeen, Apostle Paul said, "For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words." lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Mm-hmm. So Paul wasn't baptizing. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, Apostle Peter, he said, uh, repent to be baptized and be saved. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so that was for the Jews. And, of course, if you read the book of uh, Ex- Exodus, um, 
uh, one of the books, uh, Exodus or Deuteronomy, where they talk about washing the priests. Mm. The priests need to be washed in water. Okay, but they're, they're Jews. They have to be washed in water. That was part of their protocol to be purified before to go in the temple. Mm-hmm. That's why the Jews were being baptized by water. That's why it was one of their instructions. That's why Jesus was baptizing, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but we're the body of Christ. We're not part of that gospel. We're part of the gospel of grace, which we receive a fire baptism like the apostles received. We receive our own fire baptism through, uh, through faith. The right. moment we believe, and then we're sealed well, after that fire baptism. Well, that's the deal too: is that we're we're all individually saved, but we are in a body of Christ. But we, but we're not like in a group, you know, in a religion where we have all these rules that we must follow and, and these things. We we do have commandments, and we do have things that are in the Bible in regards to the, the people who people who are Gentiles who are saved. We have tons of commandments that we are provided by the apostles, but, mm-hmm. um, but to actually say, you know, and get down to, to, to that specific type of thing where it's like one word. And then all of a sudden, you know, now you have power over salvation. That's when religion becomes, um, you know, really bad. I mean, uh, there dangerous. are a lot of, there are a dangerous. lot of dangerous things that yeah. the Catholic church does, but this is just one of one more of those things. And I can see why it triggered you, Bob. Mm-hmm. You want to say something, Greg? Well, no, I just said dangerous, and he, you know, uh, he agreed. Kevin agreed with me. It's it's dangerous. Religion uh, kills. I mean, even I mean, even Paul says the letter kills. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you know, if you just take from religion, you're 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 going in an area where Jesus didn't want you to go. You're te- stepping in territory that he never intended for you to go into. These are the people he spoke to and he he yelled at, the religious rulers of his day, the Sadducees, the Pharisees. These are the people he was directing these, uh, his, his anger, his, his judgment to. Why would you want to step into that? Right. Why would you want to step into that? And again, they're blindfolded. I don't know if that particular priest was just part of a specific parish um i don't know if that went with the entire uh, catholicism if that goes right to the vatican um i do know that there are certain parishes different areas that practice things a little bit differently mm-hmm. so um yeah we could be pinpointing one particular uh priest and his viewpoints or parish and their viewpoints however just using that as an example, I mean, you can tell it's uh, it's dangerous. I mean, well, just I imagine, you... Kevin, if I told if I told you, listen, Kevin, you you know you you weren't supposed to wear your glasses, right? Uh, you know, after nine p.m. Eastern, right? So uh, everything I said after nine p.m. Eastern is invalidated. Is it's invalid? Forget it. Yeah. yeah, you're done because you didn't follow the rules. I I couldn't imagine. I got to step down, Greg. Yeah, you have to step down now. All right, so, um, goodness gracious, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. it's really dangerous and it, and it's really sad. That's what it comes down to. It's just really sad, and we have to pray against this because it's a, again, it's spiritual warfare. That's a spirit over the, that's a governing angel, governing spirit over that that body, over that area, that denomination. And people say, the Catholics will say, no, we're not a denomination. No, we are the church. We are the church. We right. are the church. 
Yeah. We'll find we're not out a denomination. When it's you pass away, you're going to find out real quick exactly what you were and what you're well, going to be. Well, it's very legalistic, <laughs> isn't it? I, mean, I think that the, correct. I mean, if you guys do, might, may may not agree with me, but I would think the, the that if you took the leaders of the Catholic Church and Jesus, and they had a conversation, that the leaders of the Catholic Church would try to correct Jesus. That they would say, "No, no, you're wrong about that. No, nope, you can't do that." You know, because Jesus did a lot of that with the with the Pharisees as well, right? I mean, because the Pharisees would say, "Wait a minute, you're not supposed to be able to do that." And he, Jesus is like, "Why?" I mean, th- you know, what are you, what are you kidding? And one of those key ones was like the disciples eating food, and it's like they're hungry. You know, I mean, you 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 take it too far, okay? You take it too far, and I and I gotta believe that those those same people are the ones that are going to be going, but. The Lord, Lord, didn't we do this and like arguing with Jesus at the Bema seat, basically, and saying, you know, and Jesus is like, no, depart from me. I never knew you. And 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 it's you don't want to get into that type Scary. of dangerous, dogmatic religion. And and especially when they say, well, we are the church. We make the rules. We tell you what you can and cannot do. We'll tell you what you need to do in order to be saved in order to be forgiven this week. And he's talking about the Catholic Church, so nobody take that little clip out of context. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know what's funny is um, I used to get these messages from people, and I know you guys probably have too. They were so scared of the rapture taking place, and they did not have a church. They didn't know where to go where they could be dunked in water so they could be saved. You guys ever get those messages? messages? I know I did. You know, I just had to stop. Dude, I was like, you don't know. You don't need to go find a pastor and a pool for you to dunk you and go into a lake or something, you know. Right. It's not, that's not for us. You know, if you look at the parallels of Israel, Israel, they were sick, and they were also, what was Jesus doing? He was healing them, and they were baptizing them with water. And what did they do with the priests? They had to, they had to make sure the priests weren't sick. And if they were sick or something was going on, they had to make sure they were whole before they can perceive the priestly duties. And if you had leprosy, you're definitely an outcast. Right. So you had to be whole. And there are certain strict restrictions where the priests, people become priests, had to meet as far as health wise mm-hmm. and constantly washing water. So you got a concept, a dynamic of staying healthy, staying whole and a water cleansing. All for the priests. And the Bible says that they will be kings and priests on the earth for Israel. So that's why you see it in the book of Acts that I'm looking at right now. Baptized comes up a bunch of times. But who was getting baptized? It wasn't the the Gentiles except for Peter, except for uh, Cornelius and his family because they became proselyte Gentiles in the Judaism religion. Okay. But, you know, Apostle Paul, that's a different set. um, Cornelius did not get saved under Apostle Paul's gospel. He got saved under the kingdom gospel, which required water baptism. Okay. So you can see why Apostle Paul said that he didn't come to baptize. So you don't need a baptism. If any of you out there who are brand new believers, I know there are people here right now listening, and I know that you guys are not big on churches. You just got saved. You haven't found a church yet. And if you're thinking in your mind, if you're talking to any of these people online, and they say you're not saved, or you haven't completed your salvation, uh, unless you go get dunked in water, you're not saved yet. That's a bunch of bull. That's, that's absolutely, absolutely incorrect. 
That's the worst. And you know, there's the like the the Baptists had that fight. You know, certain Baptists said, "No, no, you have to have be immersed." No, no, you can't be immersed. And then they would be like, "Well, they're not saved. They can't come into our church. They're not saved. They weren't baptized correctly." I mean, I mean that that's the type of division though it causes, right? And that's the type of division we're told to stay away from. And um, I, I don't think anybody here is saying don't get baptized. Um, I don't. None of us are are are, are saying that. But what we're saying, like, is if someone says that you're not saved unless you get baptized, that's where the problem is. And so um, a, a baptism is an outward showing of faith. I don't think there's anything wrong with being baptized at all. I, but I, I, I know this for a fact, is that there are plenty of people who have been baptized that are not saved. Yeah. So I've, if you I've think that's, going to, that's, that's your entry into salvation, that is, that's not the key. I said, I know, I know, I know how, what these people are thinking because I've been baptized about four different times. Yeah, because I, I kind of recommit myself to the Lord. Sure. I think I had to go get rebaptized. I used to believe all that stuff. So yeah, I've been literally dunked in the water four times after I was a baby. Well, maybe you need another one this next week. Yeah. I mean, I'll dunk you in the water. <laughs> Joe, how many times? Joe, how many times have you been baptized? Well, I grew up. Um, my family grew up, I'm half Italian, so we grew up in Long Island Italian, so we went to St. Anthony's Church. I was baptized in Europe, and, uh, you know, the dress was handed down to all the children, and, um, you know, <clears throat> so I grew up I grew up in, a, in the Catholic Church, right? And then I ended up having my own experiences with my walk with God, with Jesus, and then when I finally got a chance, and I would go with my grandmother back to church, and then I'm starting to realize things, and I'm like, these guys never talk about the book of Revelation or the end times. And the whole book of the Bible is talking about the end times. So they never tell you about that. They never tell you about the power that lies within you. And they never tell you about the thief on the cross who wasn't baptized. And Jesus told him, today you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah, clearly. So, and again, I could go on and on about them, but they're they're no different than, the, like you said, the Pharisees. All they did was they found a way to corral Christians back in the day into a new um, doctrine um, and a way for they to, a way for them to make money. Back in the day, let's not forget they used to make them pay before they would repent, you know, before they would bless them and do all these things. Um, and they never gave them a Bible to read; only the uh, the priests could have Bibles. So. Yeah. I tell my friends now, because a lot of them, you know, are, you know, grew up Catholic and they're like, oh, you know, I got to I got to baptize my kid. And I tell them I, the day the kid's born, I tell them, I say, listen, as soon as that kid's in your hands and this is for anybody that's listening or that has a kid on the way or knows somebody, you grab that kid and you bless the kid in the name of Jesus and you bless the angels. You ask God to to bless and increase the angels that watch over that child. And you put the hedge of protection through prayer. You don't need a priest. You don't need water. You just need a simple prayer, and that kid will forever be protected. And then when the time comes for them to make their own decision, to be responsible for their own walk, then, you know, hopefully, you know, they, they make that choice. But blessing people and, and, and praying for protection and increasing, you know, blessings to the angel, God's got none against that. Nothing against I ask God to increase the angels that watch over me and my family all the time. Why shouldn't they get a blessing? Why shouldn't they get a gift from God? Now, I'm not talking about worshiping angels or praying to them. Yeah, that's the problem, right? You know, but no, but you can simply, you could, 
the, if they're watching you your whole life, don't you think they'd appreciate a blessing from God from you? So, you know, as long as the request goes to God the Father and not to the angel, right? Right. My request goes to God. I, every day I say, God, increase the angels who watch over me and my family and bless them. Increase them. What you know, they're getting, you know, they're not God's not not blessing them. He's not making them do all this stuff. And he has his own arrangement with them. If they're gonna be judged in the end times for the things they did, that means he judges them in some way. So, like any father, why wouldn't he judge a gift as well to those that have been loyal? Right? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly not gonna to pray to God to uh decrease the number of angels that are protecting me every day, that's for sure. I mean sure. We, we need all the increase of the protection that we can get. And we, you know, we wear the armor. We have angels that are watching, uh, you know, over us as well. I mean, I think that all of us have had something happen to our life that we can point to maybe even more than one instance where we were like, angel was watching over me there for sure. Who's coming to pick us up on the day of the rapture? Yeah. Yeah. I, I told you guys that one story where I asked the Lord to send an angel to guide Guide me on my way home because really bad weather, turbulent weather. And once I got into my garage and I walked out of the car, I walked around the car and the garage door was still open. I saw that angel. It was up in the sky and it was white and transparent and it was going across the sky and it looked like a, and I heard it. It looked like, it sounded like, you know, you guys ever flown a kite with the flaps in the back? Yeah. Like that. It went across kind of, and it was gone. I was like, and you, you catch it. Going out of the corner of your eye. You don't get to look at it straight. It's always right out of the corner of your eye. And I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> and there he was, you know. I, was, I always knew that Bob was that guy who did all those sounds in Police Squad, you know. <laughs> I had a feeling that was him. Uh, you know, I, I had, and just to let you know, one time I was in a, you know, in a city. I had to drive like 60-some-odd miles to go to another city in order to take a plane. And I mean, I, I'm not a snow driver. I don't really have any experience driving in snow. And yet there's a driving snow, on uh, you know, just bad stuff. And then I'm just like, oh, this is this is not great. And then the next thing you know, you're like, I get onto the, the highway and there's this truck that's like right in front of me. Um, he just comes on and he puts, he goes right in front of me and he's doing like 60 miles an hour. And I'm like, that's pretty fast, but He's fine. And I'm like, okay. And I follow him 60 some odd miles to the off ramp. And he's just like cleared the road for me. And, you know, he was, I, I wasn't following that, you know, like right up behind him. But I mean, I was following close enough so that, you know, it was like the snow was just going around me, you know, it was like, and it was like the shield of protection. I mean, things like that where the guy's going to go 60 some odd miles and it's going to be just at that right exact time. You know that that and, and you've said you know hey God this is going to be a problem for me. He's like no worries I got you you know, and it's mm -hmm. just uh, you know it, it it's amazing how how those type of things will will bless you in your life. So yes, praying for extra protection is fantastic, and I, I think the key the difference though is that they've taken that religion at least the, the Catholic Church has taken the power away from God and put it into other sources, and put it into priests, and they put it into Mary, they put it into angels, and they've taken away the power, and they've, and they've displaced it. 
And and I, I think that that's that, that we the focus needs to be on Jesus. And when you don't have the Bible and the Word to point you back to the Word, Jesus, I mean, you're gonna just believe whatever you hear, right? Because you don't have anything to compare it against. So it's a smart move to take away the Word if you want to try to get control over people, but. We have the word is available. And, and you know, if you need a Bible, um, there's ways to get one. I mean, you just need to, to what, email support at feedmysheeptoday.org. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you can get a you free no Bible. Excuse. No yeah, excuse. Yeah, there's no excuse. There is no excuse. <laughs> exactly. There's no excuse. You can get you, you can get the word. And I think that some people are, are complacent in their religion, and they, they like having that around them. But... But let's be honest. I mean, your religion's not going to be backing you up when you go to the judgment. So it's going to be you and the Savior. And it's going to be, you know, what, uh, you know, what do you believe? And, um, you know, you can't say, I believe in the, the Holy Catholic Church. Uh, that's not going to save you. Yeah. No. Yep. Absolutely. Not. And, you know, some people are really hung up, really hung up on it, like my mother. You know, I don't know, man. I'm just in prayer about for her. But, you know, she's a uh, people, uh, you guys come from a Catholic background. You, Kevin, you guys, any of you guys come from a Catholic background? Okay, well, so we're all, all of us. Pseudo-Catholic, it's called Lutheran. <laughs> okay, good enough. My wife is a Lutheran, too. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, you know, have you guys ever heard of scapulars? Hmm? It's a scapular. Uh, it's like a little piece of cloth with a th- little heart of Jesus on it, and it has a picture of Mary. Uh, so it's like a, it's like oh, a I'm familiar necklace. with it. Yeah, I didn't know what it was Oh, it was called. My wife and her, uh, well, it was her husband. It's not, my dad passed way back in '92. She got remarried, but he was a, he's a, he was the same guy as a chaperone in that uh, that weeping Madonna statue. Well, they they uh, make scapulars for everybody, and basically, what the scapular does is suppose that they believe if you wear it when you die, you get taken out of purgatory, which is a suffering place between heaven and earth. And very first Saturday, you get taken out if you die with that scapular on. So they make the they mass produce these. They got they made machines that make these things, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of these things shipped out all day long. And I'm like thinking to myself that people are putting hope in that, not mm-hmm. in Jesus. So I'm like, ooh, what if, mom, you're not saved and you go to hell, and then when you go to the when you go to the white throne judgment, your punishment, the level of punishment, will be based on. Every single thing that happened with every single one of those scapulars. Wow! Single person that lost it. I read. I really do believe when you go to White Throne Judgment, they have to they have to see what you did, so that way they know how hot to make that fire for you. Okay, you know that's what the Bible talks about. Where little is known, little is required. Well, fire won't be that hot, but for some of you, boy, you really, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the words, but you, you really messed with the dog on this one, you know, <laughs> and. And she still believes that, even though I tell her she believes in Jesus on the God and all that stuff, but yet she's still doing this stuff, you know. And well, here's here's the hope, Bob, is that those are counted as dead works and just burned in the fire at the Bema seat. Hopefully. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the alternative is is far worse, obviously. <laughs> so you, you, you got to hope that she is saved and that those are just dead works. And okay, great. If those are just burned up, that's the best that she, I don't suppose she invites you over for dinner very much. Does she? I mean, no, she does. Oh. She, she, well, she, nice. she even had me pray one time for the family. For oh, the dinner. Good. Nice. She had me pray once. 
What? Just yeah. once. Because <laughs> 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 I wasn't inviting Mary to come join us. I wasn't inviting all you know. Oh, <laughs> well, that was Joseph a, to come yeah. and join us, and Michael and all the angels. I say, Jesus, <laughs> <thank> Lord. <laughs> you know, I got, I got, I started preaching, but I yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of that. Well, <laughs> that's the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they go on Sunday or whenever they go, and they just I've known Catholics in my family for years, and not one of them has sat me down and said, "I need to show you something in this book." Not yeah. one time, right? And it it blows my mind. It's like every time, like you know, it's just never discussed. Like it's just they don't know. So like if they knew or they had read the Bible, they would know that my understanding of where the Catholic church got Mary from isn't Mary of Jesus. It comes from Nimrod's mother and it goes all the way back to the tower of Abel and the stuff going on then. So mm. now they have all these people praying to Mary and the saints and hitting their knees and all those prayers are going nowhere and nothing is getting accomplished. So when it comes to warfare, they have monetized those people's prayers and have diverted them strengthening the kingdom of heaven on earth in a war tactic. So they figured out, hey, if we can get them pray to this person that we'll call Mary, which is really somebody else, and get them to pray to these saints, and we'll create a sainthood, and we'll give all these people names and famous names, and even pray to the Pope, then all of that spiritual strengthening they had is taken out of the element of the war. So it's a shame because if they would just read the Bible, they would know that only Jesus hears your prayer. So all those prayers that they're sending our way that come through Mary and the saints, like I have people in my family, when they lose keys, they're praying to saints to find them. Like, you know, that's the same as ball worship. That's the same as worshiping the, the things they used to worship back in the day. And they just don't know it because they don't read the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how, how is that going to, you're right. How is that any different? I'm praying to a, a, a dead human. How is that any different than praying to Buddha or anything or Muhammad or whomever? I mean, it's, you know, these people yeah. are, are, are they, they died uh, or Mary for that matter. I mean, it's right. the same thing. It's like, why not put your faith in, 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 in the in eternity, in, in the eternal beings, in the eternal creator of the universe, in, in, I mean, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't really understand why people put their faith in men, dead or alive. Uh, it, it's proven not to get you anywhere. Um, you know, it's like when when you when you look, somebody asked like, oh well, how you know how did you get saved? Well, I mean, like I said, I grew up in this Lutheran church, and I learned. A lot about, uh, you know, the stories of the Bible, um, you know, all the different things from the Old Testament and the New Testament. So I understood I understood what they were. But, you know, ultimately, though, when you get older as a teenager, you, you start realizing that, you know, you are you are committing sins <laughs> and you are you are doing things that you should not be doing. And that um, and then you you reference, you know, what what you've learned and you say, well, Am I going to be okay by just doing this the rest of my life, and 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 maybe it will all work out for me in the afterlife? But um, but in fact, you know, after learning more and more throughout my teen years and then into my early twenties, I mean, I ultimately came to the realization that you know everything that the Bible said 
was true and is true. And it's, and it, and it, so I took it into me and I said, you know, I, I, I believe this 100%. And, um, you know, I accepted Jesus as my savior. And, but I'll tell you that since then, though, it's been much, a much more interesting road than before that, because I mean, that's when the, that's when the work really starts, <laughs> because then you start living your life after that. And it's a, um, it is a constant struggle between the flesh and the spirit, isn't it? And so, you know, you, 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 you got to continue to, to, to stay grounded in the word. You learn more and more and more as you go along. And it's that process. Some people call it sanctification, right? I think that, that process of sanctification is, is much more interesting than the, the process of salvation for me, at least. Well, we're yeah, all, well we've come from it. You've that's come from it, Joe. I've come from it. And, you know, Bob, <clears throat> so I didn't mean to cut you off. But, yeah, I mean, this is not something that we're just saying, okay, well, we see what they do. And we're just we're just talking, you know, about it. But this is something we've come from and we've yeah. come out of. Right? Go ahead. Right. But, but I also do know people that, that learned the same thing as I did, Greg. And they rejected it. You know, they said, no, 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 that's, that's my parents believed that my grandparents now, but you know what? I don't, I don't believe it. Well, um, you know, for me though, it was so real that, uh, that, you know, I understood the, the, the whole thing about atonement and, and that there's, there requires a sacrifice and that God is, is holy and I am not and that there is no there is no way for me to go directly to him. I cannot do that. I, I cannot I can't do that. I gotta have something in between. And when you know when I was taught predominantly just about about Jesus and then as I got older in my teens and then early twenties I learned about other religions and everything like that. And I rejected everything else because there was nothing else that actually made sense, not just from a human point of view, but from like an eternal point of view. And that, that, that God being holy, um, that you need a holy sacrifice in order to actually have that, that bridge to cross from sinful onto, uh, onto glory. And that's the other part too, is that, I mean, the Bible is full of like really good things for believers, <laughs> right? I mean, so it is one of those things that you look at and you're like, well, you know, if I if I do accept these things, accept Jesus as my Savior, I do receive eternal life. I am promised. I am guaranteed that, and that 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 no other belief system can guarantee you that. They can't. And um, it just became so real. But there are others, Greg, that grew up with uh, in, in this church that have rejected it and they have gone away. And so it's not a foregone conclusion just because you grow up in a church that you're going to stay uh, and that you're going to become a believer. But, um, you know, God has had mercy on me for sure. And I am I am very thankful to him that, that he's you know selected me to to be a believer. Yeah, that's that uh, the, that whole song and dance that we've been dealing with since now we are almost at the time of the tribulation beginning here shortly. Where you talk about Kevin, where the lines are being blurred now. Mm-hmm. We there is an army here. I believe that God has uh, appointed people to be a part of the tribulation army, 
And for whatever reason, he can do whatever he wants. But there are people out there, they are just stubborn, and they will not accept the fact that all you got to do is just simply believe. And you know what? Think about it that way, just to simply believe, because, you know, as humans, instinctively, we've always been, we always have to earn our own keep. Right. You, you got to do something. You know, you can't, you can't get something for nothing. Okay. Nothing's for free. You know, that whole mentality, you know, but receiving the gospel for free, some people have a hard time with it just to have faith. That's it. And I, I have heaven. So if, if I take my last breath, I don't have to try to, you know, fire off a prayer before I die. You know, this guy's just, just know my heart that I have faith. I have faith. You know, some people have a hard time doing that, Greg, you know, some people have a hard time, just something so simple as having faith, but yet faith, comes from our spirit mm-hmm. because the bible apostle paul says our, our we are physically our, our spirit was dead in christ okay so as soon as as soon as we have faith and believe our spirits brought back to life and sealed in an instant and now the seal of the holy spirit acts as a firewall between our spirit and our flesh because our flesh is wretched right okay so there is a distinctive difference now when you be, when you get saved you know you're saved all of a sudden, you got this war going on. You got that God has a dog in the fight now inside mm-hmm. you with the Holy Spirit saying, Hey, don't do that. Hey, that's not good. Hey, start reading your Bible. So, how come all of a sudden I have a conscience now? Well, that's the thing, right? People ask you, like, How do you know that you're saved? How yeah. do you know that it's actually real and this and that? And it's like, Well, when, after I became saved, I mean, I experienced things and feelings and conscience and prodding of silent voices and things like that, that are not delusions. And they're not because I'm crazy because I am completely solid sane. <laughs> so, but there are things that I, 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 that if I'd start to do something, it's like, I hear something and it's like, you shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, where does that come from? It doesn't come from my flesh. It doesn't come from man. It comes from the spirit and it comes from the Holy spirit. And so all those things combined, when you continue to to live in that, you become more knowledgeable about those things. You understand those things. You can understand the Bible a lot better throughout the years after you're saved. Before, it's almost impossible to understand the Bible. So all those things combined, Bob, to me, was just more proof and evidence that it was real. And that it became more and more and more real every day until it was just like you just accept it at that point. You're just like, yeah, I know, Holy Spirit, I I I, I get that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna stop, repent. I'm gonna go do something else. I'm gonna do it another way. And then you start asking him and say, what do you think I should do about this? What do you think I do? And then you have conversations regarding those things. Listen, that is as real as it gets in terms of a personal relationship. No other belief faith system could possibly go there. So, I mean, after a certain point, it just becomes obvious. And you tell the people, but, you know, even telling them is not necessarily going to, because they're just like, huh, I don't get that. It's like, that's right. You need to accept Jesus into your heart. You need to accept him into your spirit. And you'll receive the Holy Spirit, and then you'll be able to see what I'm saying. You'll be able to feel it. You'll be able to experience it. For right now, it's just like telling somebody who's never seen a football game how football works. And they're just like, well, I can try to picture that, but, you know, I just don't – I don't really get it. Well, you kind of got to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Joe? <clears throat> no, I 100% agree. I think that um, 
And we, I've said this a few times. I've never been able to convince anybody of anything um, <laughs> as far as um, spiritually what's going on. It's like if I tell people in my family, they listen and then they're like, but, you know, they don't they can't absorb or put it together because they're not in the word. And only this is how, why the relationship is so special, because God chooses you. So. You know, like he 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 puts that. He puts his thumb on you and then you finally open your eyes and you're like, I understand. I get it with, you know, with my experience, you know, I didn't, I never read the Bible. I grew up in the, in the Catholic church, but when I was in the church, I wasn't paying attention. I was, I was a young teenager. And, um, then it wasn't until I got myself in the position that God needed me to be in to listen that I I cried out for help, and then I started having the experience with him. The relationship started. He he answered my prayer. He came to me, and um, the Spirit told me exactly where I was in my life. And this is at 15 years old. The Spirit told me exactly. He's like, hey, this is who I am. This is what we're going to do now, and this is what's going to happen if you start doing what you need to do. So that's like what Kevin was saying about, all right, what do you want me to do? Walking with God is literally what it says. If you're walking with a significant other or a friend, you guys are saying, hey, you want to go grab pizza or do you want to go to the mall first or do you want to go see Mrs. Jones to say hi? Like that's the way it is. It's, it's mm-hmm. the Trinity and the, the, the counselor that, you know, the apostles were waiting on. They couldn't understand it either. And, and that's why, like when you say they don't understand, it's exactly what they went through. They were like, what is this? What does he mean? They, it was the right. whole thing that's just like, I don't understand. What is he saying that he's going to resurrect? How does that happen, right? Right. So believers, when we tell them these things and they don't understand it, it's because the spirit isn't upon them yet. But when it comes, it's completely solidified. And that's why God says, I seal you, right? Yeah. So like when- in the body, In the body of Christ, right? And right. that's why when we talk, and I don't know people, they come on here, Greg, and it's just like, and all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I feel the same way about this and that. It's like, you know, that's too much of a coincidence to be just a coincidence, right? I mean, it, we are part of a body. Anybody that's seen the movies that have come out, and I'll give you one example, and they have taken it to a satanic side. But for people that need to have, like, an understanding of what it's like, you've seen the movie They Made Venom, all right? That movie Venom is satanic. But the guy that's giving him information is what the Holy Spirit is like in our world. Mm-hmm. When we walk with Christ, the, the Spirit is going to send us left, send us right, tell us what to do, tell us who to bless, tell us who to talk to. Decision making. Every time I've been in a jam, and now as now, you know, and I've gone through a few of them, I've learned now. This is why God says, "Just be still and know I'm God." Mm. And anytime mm-hmm. I have something where it's coming at me and my flesh wants to react, mm-hmm. I have not, and no one could ever take this away from me. Right. You know, 10 cops outside or a gang member and all of his friends down the road, they it wouldn't I would sit here calmly. And I'm so confident now and so faithful in Christ that I would just say, I'm going to just wait. I'm just going to stay calm. When you tell me to run or you tell me to fight, it'll be whatever you tell me to do. Right. And that's the way it is. And these people that are running to the priests and to these other people that are not in the word, you're going to a sinner for help. Mm. You know, you go into a brother in Christ for advice or for knowledge. You, when the two of you come together, what do you do? 
You pray to Father. Right. You don't ask the guy. You don't go to one sinner. And the best preachers in the world will tell you this. Don't go to Webster's Dictionary. He was a sinner. Don't go to that guy. Go to your brother or sister in Christ and go to your father together and let him come to you. That's great. Right? right. And and that was the way it was when Peter was in jail. They were told, pray for Peter, pray for Peter, pray for Peter. And even Peter, when the guy came and, you know, took him out, he couldn't believe it. Like, you know, they couldn't <laughs> believe their prayers were answered and Peter was there. Right. right. So it just shows you don't need a lot of faith. But if you start with a little you know, your relationship will grow. And that's why God has these parables with seeds and water and plants. Like he makes it. But again, you, you won't know that unless you read the Bible, right? Like, True. And you won't understand what that means unless you actually accept the Holy Spirit and then you start feeling it. Right. You start right. feeling that seed grow. Faith, faith is right. a great grain of a mustard seed, right? Correct. That's yeah. all. Faith. And if you don't, made, yeah. The people that like are in my family, some of them, and um, this one member is... Um, Grew up Catholic, loyal. She has a son now with a disability, um, and he was definitely involved in something. He was a great kid. And something, he went away to college. He was involved in things he shouldn't have been in, and something happened spiritually where it completely shifted his mind. They call it schizophrenia. I know it's not schizophrenia, okay? This guy ended up tattooing a demon on his head. So right away, I know this is the demon that's marking him. She doesn't know any of this. If I sit here and try and explain this to her, I'm a lunatic, right? So I have to sit back and I have to pray. But this isn't about his punishment. What God is doing in a situation like this, these bad things that happen, God is trying to get your attention. And he's trying to get you to build a relationship with him. She has a relationship with Mary and the priests at the church. And, and very little, I hear very little ever about, I've never heard it about Christ. Right. And they 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 keep it worldly like, no, he's sick because of this disease. Mm. And they can't see the realm that is causing these problems. And that's why those people are stuck in that world, because Jesus is the one that separates you from the world. So the people that are in the, the religion of Catholicism and any other religion, they don't talk about Jesus because Jesus is the one that breaks the barrier. So if she had a relationship with Jesus, a really strong one, and was in the word, she would say, no, my son is being attacked and something happened. And I think and I know that the Holy Spirit can heal him. And she's going to go to Christ with this or she's going to call us in and say, Joe, I need you to come to my house. I need you to pray over my son. We need to either, you know, ask God to take this out of him or we got to do, you know, whatever we got to do. And they just won't do it. They don't see that world. And that's why they're stuck in these problems. God is taking, God can take a horrible situation and turn it into the blessings that you couldn't imagine. But if they read the book, they would know that that's what happened with Job. Or if they read the book, they would know that Jesus pulled demons out of people and they were healed and saved and are going to be in eternity. The kid put a demon on his head, tattooed it. That's telling, it's screaming at you, hey, you know, this kid is possessed. We need to take care of this. We need to go together in prayer and ask Jesus to release this. That's the ultimate cry for help, isn't it? (laughs) Right. And that's what the demons do. They mark their territory. And, you know, trying to have a conversation like that with someone who's been in Catholicism, they look at you like you should be in a mental ward. But meanwhile, if a guy walked out of a mental ward and claimed himself that he could baptize you and heal you, you would think he's crazy. But they do it every Sunday. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I know the truth behind these guys in these guards. And I, I, you know. 
the blind leading the blind there. Yeah. You know, I love, um, you know, talk about earlier how, uh, you know, that, 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 that scenario about that Venom movie where that, that, that alien entity was controlling that guy from one end, but on our side, it's the Holy Spirit that does the same thing for us. You know, it's, it's that power within us that is also, it was that power of the Holy Spirit that glorified our spirits. You know, outside of this body, our spirits are glorified like our Heavenly Father, okay, mm-hmm. because of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But that's also the same power that when the trumpet goes off, that same power within us is going to regenerate this old skin here, giving new skins, okay, a new glorified body. So I don't know. It just seemed to hit me right there. It's like, you know, you think about all the things that the Holy Spirit's doing and helping you and guiding you and try to keep you on the right track, convicting you of your heart every time you sin, you know, and everything else like that. It's doing all this work, but it has one final work it's going to do at the trumpet call. And it's going to just burst out of you and regenerate your body. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, uh, mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 15, 53 through 51 to 53, you know. In a moment of twinkling, twinkling of an eye at the last trump, and the mortal put on immortality, the corruptible put on incorruption. So that is exciting. And that's something that I think that we may be heading into right here shortly. So behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment of twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For the corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. You know, if people don't believe in the rapture, what do you do with that, Kevin? I mean, what do you do with that? No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> if there's no rapture in the Bible, uh, I was like, okay, so you don't have the the, the Greek word rapturo or rapture or something like that. It was translated, you know, but now English well, that's the Latin word. three or four words to describe an event. That's the Latin word, the Greek yeah. word harpazo. But uh, harpazo is is a verb. Rapture is a noun. It's it. Rapture is is what is what we call the the verb, the action that's going to happen. And yes, that action catching away, caught up. That 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 is in the Bible. That is in First Corinthians four. Uh, you cannot dismiss it, Bob. It, it, and it says the exact same stuff as these verses that you're talking about right here in first Corinthians 15. So they match up. So what can you, what can you do with it? If you don't believe it, Uh, you, you, you have no blessed hope at that point. I mean, that's what more can you say? And we're, we're to have, make sure that people do not steal our blessed hope that they do not take it away from us. And we guard it very closely. Don't we? I mean, we, we are not going to put ourselves out there and put ourselves into false doctrines and, and I mean, let alone just rapture, but like anything else outside of that, all of a sudden now you start losing the, losing the hope and the hope in Jesus Christ and the hope that you are going to be changed one day and the hope that we are going to be resurrected into immortality. I mean, if Jesus, if we don't get that, then what did Jesus die for? Mm-hmm. Why did he, I mean, sure, okay, you could say he died to forgive our sins. Okay, great. What What more? What after that? I'm going to live in this. He, he forgive him, so I keep on sinning forever and ever and ever, and he keeps on forgiving him? No. Why did he rise from the dead so that we can too? Oh, death, where is your sting? 
It has been swallowed up by the victory that Jesus Christ had over death and that he bestows that upon the believers so that we too one day will be like him, so that one day we will be incorruptible. I mean, that is a gigantic promise. Amen. I'm telling you, Bob, when you say, I get excited about that, I would say that's like putting it as about as, uh, as, as, quiet and calm as you possibly can get because I'm telling you that is huge. I'm ready, dude. I want want a new skin. My skin is not good. I've got psoriasis. I want to get rid of this psoriasis. I don't like it. Uh, You know, and that's just, that's just like the physical skin part. I mean, what about the fleshly desires and things like that, that are going to be gone forever? What about the sinful nature that I was born into? That's going to be gone forever. Mm-hmm. Those things to 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 shed off, Bob. I'm saying today is 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 is, is soon enough. Let's keep let's do yeah. this. It's, it's our it's part of our it's part of the Amen. gift. It's part of the gift of salvation. Salvation is a package deal. Yes. The first part of the package is delivered with the regeneration of your spirit. The second part of the package gets delivered with the regeneration of your body. Resurrection. Okay. The Holy Spirit does all that and is laid it out right here. And that's how God closes out the age of grace by closing out the project involved in the age of grace. If he removes the hand of the restrainer, who is also part of the hand of the restrainer, the body of Christ? Of course. So what do you do? Take the hand of the restrainer off and leave the representatives of the hand of the restrainer here? No. He removes us. It's the rapture resurrection. Amen, Bob. God completing our gift of salvation. God knows we're God knows we're body, soul, and spirit. You think you thought about that? He knows he created us. So he's like, I'll, I'll just save the spirit and, you know, I forget about that body. You know, no. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound complete, save, Bob. Yeah. I had guys like, I have to save all three parts of Bob. I have Amen. to save all three parts of Joe. Okay. <clears throat> I got to save all three parts of Mary, Kathy, and Donovan out there. Okay. I have to save all three parts. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the first part up here. You're, gener- you're sealed to the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30. In the meantime, while I'm building the body of Christ, if you die, you still get to go to heaven. Your spirit goes to heaven. But don't worry. You'll get your body when we come back to the earth at the resurrection. So you'll get your body. And anybody's left on the earth that are remaining, I'll just change them right there on the spot. Yeah. Boom. Done. Does anyone want to have um, nothingness for eternity? Does that is that what people actually want? Because if you want that, uh, I, you know, I, I, I got a question whether or not you actually even thought about it at that point. Think about it. You're talking about eternity here. You're talking about forever. To be in a glorified state, to be like Jesus, to be with the creator of the universe during that period of time, to be with all the other ones who are there with you in the glorified state, like the brothers here. I mean, we are going to have some amazing times during eternity, brothers. Mm. And, and, and I mean, th- that is something to continue to live for. And I think we talked about that before, which is don't just sit around waiting for the rapture to come every single day. Work. Keep keep working for the kingdom. Keep eternity starts keep now. getting those rewards for it's, eternity. It starts now. Eternity starts it, now. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yes. Have shirt? Come on. <laughs> oh, well, I was pointing to whatever. Yeah, it's like it's, like, it's almost like they're building a house. Yeah, it's like, it starts now. 
It's like they're building a house for you out there in heaven, but God's like, he calls you for that last work, that last mission, whatever you have to do. But you're like, oh, I don't have time for a Lord. I got to go and take care of this. And then when you receive your reward, you go to your house and there's no roof on it. <laughs> <laughs> we did the open concept with your house. You know, uh, the open you know, concept, should have probably yeah. done that work I called you to do. Exactly. No, I mean, there's, listen, the promises, people can say, oh, all you want is just, uh, well, all you want is eternal life. All you want is this and that. Well, well, I certainly don't want eternal death. I mean, give me the alternative to that. Yes. I mean, and then also just the fact that he does have all these other promises and rewards and things like that. He's not a human. He's going to keep those promises. Humans can make promises. Politicians love to make promises. They'll say, I'll do this and that and this and that. And they get in the office and they're like, well, this is much harder to actually accomplish that. So uh, we're not really going to do that. Uh, and then everyone gets upset with them. Well, God, no one's going to get upset with God because he's perfectly just and he's perfectly um, true to actually fulfill all the promises that he's, he's uh, said he's going to. Right. It's like uh, the word in scripture, stop trusting in man. Of what account is he, you know, is but a breath of, you know, in his nostrils. So, yeah, it's it's totally uh, can can really understand that we are fallible. We make mistakes. And man is. Uh, yeah, it's just we're just vapor here. We're a vapor. Imagine that launch pad. It's a launch pad. That's all it is. You know, that's like uh, you know, the, like the global elite people. You, you can't stand these elite. You know, these super rich people and the celebrities not wearing a mask, but your kids have to wear masks when you see them all in the Super Bowl. Oh, look at us! Or, aren't we guys? Look how awesome we are! You know, well, Jesus said they already have the reward. Yes, okay? it's just like going Super Bowl. Great example. It's like going into the Super Bowl as the biggest Super Bowl of all time. And you walk into the stadium, and that's what the global elite do. We go to the game because that's the event. You know what the global elite do? They stop at the snack bar. And they say, yeah. well, that's a great-looking snack bar. I'm going to stay here. You know, they, they go into that snack bar, and they settle into that snack bar. Or they go into the gift store. This is an incredible gift store. Forget that game. I'm here for this gift store. Well, well, they go, or they go into, like, the luxury booth, right? Yeah. And, then, and, they, and then sometimes they watch the TV. Yeah. In order to see what's going on with the game, but I mean, the game's right there with a perfect view on the fifty-yard line. But they're fifteen feet behind at the bar, looking at the TV and talking to their friends. They're not yeah. there for the game. Let's be honest. Nope. Or so they just on TV. But they're getting their rewards now, aren't they, Bob? You're yeah. absolutely right. And those who are going to um, save their soul here are going to lose it in heaven, and the ones that lose it are going to save it in heaven. And so, if they even make it to heaven. <laughs> So make it meaning not by works, but by faith and by God's grace through faith. But the point is, is that even if you're saved right now, you could be living your souls to your soul's desire and you're going to have issues uh, in, in the afterlife at that point. Now, sure, you're going to escape the lake of fire, but you're going to wish that you did more. You're going to wish that you suppressed your soul more and that you worked more for the kingdom. I can guarantee you that. Because the Bible talks many times about people not being happy with uh, with things that they get, but listen, the the I guess my point is that Bob, those people are are getting their rewards today, and we see them as hypocrites for what they are. And and here's the thing: the walk for the Christian, do not be a stumbling block. Do not do those things, and then that way you can show your light to other people. And people will say, wow, what's going on with that? That guy's 
different or that woman is different. You know, I mean, I've had people say that to me after I worked with them at certain work at certain jobs. They said, I knew you were a Christian. It's like, well, I never said that I was a Christian in front. I didn't go in front of the, in front of the, the, you know, the whole department or the company and say, I just want to, okay, my name is Kevin Hookman. I'm a Christian and this and that. No, I did not do that. But they said, I knew. How did you know? Well, I watched you and I saw the things you, you're different than everybody else. You're different. I go, well, I messed up the year. Well, of course, everyone messed up. They even, they even said that, but they said, but the way that you messed up and then how you handled it afterwards, I could tell that you were different. You owned up to things. You said you're sorry if something happened that, you know, that you didn't, that you didn't like what you did or whatever or something that happened. And it was just like, that's different. And that's the kind of um, witness that we need to continue to be every single day. And yes, we are going to mess up. But the question is like, how often and how bad is that mess up? And then how do you handle it afterwards? Yeah, you, you get know? right back on the horse. Do you sit down and wallow in it? Yeah. And, you know, like right. one of my sons messed up. I'm like, okay, okay, that's great. I know you're sorry. Get up, man. Come on, get up. All yeah. right. Get about and don't, and don't double down. Yeah. Don't double down on stupid. We, do, how, how many times, Bob, do we see that every single week from these people that we watch on the news or whatever, that they do something dumb, they say something dumb, or they have some dumb idea, and then they just double down on it, and they triple down on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't we just see this this last week with this, uh, with this indictment, uh, this report that came out regarding you-know-who with you-know-what, that happened years and years ago. And then they took like three or four days to figure out how to come up with a message. And then they just doubled down on it and said, Oh, d- data mining is absolutely legal. It's perfectly fine. It's just like, you know, th- these people have no shame and they do have no conscience, Bob. They, that's, mm-hmm. I think you said that earlier. It's just like that conscience that you have inside of you that's prodding you and pulling and tugging yeah. at you all the time. Yeah. Yeah, even sixty minutes is garbage now. Oh. Stuff like that, right? Uh, Joe's laughing. He knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Nothing good comes out of that box. It used to be. It used to be somewhat reputable, though. I remember watching it, like you know, what thirty years ago. Every once in a while, and, and it'd be like, oh, that's an interesting story. Well, I mean, the, I saw a few things that have come out of there, and it's just like. This is the same stuff that you can get on CNN. This is the same. This is the same biased junk that you can get from MSNBC or the uh, Washington uh, Post, the Compost, as it's called, or the New York Slimes, or it's called the New York Times in some circles. But the point is, is that you see that exact same thing, and then you see the exact same reporting on on news channels when they're really just opinions, aren't they? I mean, that's not really news. It's just somebody, it's just a group of people saying, this is what we want you to believe. Yeah, it's no more facts. It's all just them trying to find a form of the truth and twist it so it fits their narrative. So people, <laughs> but unfortunately for all of them now, they, they can't sell that stuff anymore. Everybody knows their cooking stinks. People <laughs> tried it for the first time. They're not eating it no more. You remember okay. what Joe Biden said, Bob? We believe in truth over facts. Oh, God. <laughs> I you can quote me on that by saying that Joe Biden said that because he did. He said those exact words. We believe in truth over facts. 
he copyrighted See, that. You know, so it's you like may have to put it's, in a note. it's his. Tr- yeah, Chase <laughs> need to pull that up, Greg. So, uh, but uh, th- that that's that is where it all has come down to, though, hasn't it, Bob? It's their truth, and their truth then become the facts. That if you do not believe them, then you are a a problem that needs to be mm-hmm. taken care of. You are a terrorist. Now that's the word yeah, now we use. It's crazy now. You never saw this type of narrative going on 10 years ago. No. I just wanted to show you, man. I really, truly believe this is the year. I mean, I'm going to say it again. 927, <laughs> September 927, the 11th cycle. And we're going into <laughs> solar maximum around 2025, which lines up with right in the middle of the Shemitah period, right in the middle of the seven-year tribulation, right at the beginning of the seventh seal. We are at solar maximum, 2025, spring of 2025. Okay. We can quote you on that. You can't make you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Better sell that crypto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's just well, you know, there's too much stuff, too much stuff aligning right now. And look what they're doing right now. They're getting ready to maybe perhaps launch World War Three. You know we're not sticking around too long with that because once again they're throwing around the nuclear narrative again a lot. It's getting ridiculous now. Okay, there's a bunch of quotes coming up from Putin this week about nuclear, nuclear, nuclear. It's the fact that the any nuclear is constantly showing up in the news feeds now. You know, they're getting us ready. It's they coming. are just are they are so warmongering right now. It's not even funny. That's really the only thing that our politicians actually agree on. Is I mean, when you look at it, it's like the, really the only thing. It's like let's you know, sh- shall we go to war? Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Everybody's on board with that. I mean, there's a few people. Not everybody. I can't say the word everybody because there are a few that are like, that's ridiculous. Like Massey, uh, Ron Paul, for example, a couple people like that are like, what? You guys, you really are going to poke a bear and that's a good idea? I mean, this sounds really stupid. Um, and then you're going to manufacture something and then you're going to like make it all big frenzy. And then you're going to say that you have evidence. And then the, the, did you see that that um, clip? Where the where the guy from the Defense Department came out and he says, "Yeah, we have evidence that this is this stuff is happening." And then the reporter's like, "What's your evidence?" He said, "Well, I just told you." And he said, "You didn't tell me evidence. You just told me that it was happening. What's your evidence behind it?" He goes, "Well, I can make you a copy of the transcript that I just told you. Will that suffice?" He's like, "No, that's not evidence. That's just you telling me again. Do you not understand what the word evidence means? Do you not have any evidence?" The guy just stood there. And he's just like, "Well, I'm sorry that you that you don't uh, understand what evidence is." And he's like, "No, no, no, no. I understand what evidence is." Uh, and he's like, "Well, I'm. Uh, it's like it's the content." You don't have the content. And the guy's like, well, I'm sorry that you don't like the content that I'm giving you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like, that's what we get now, Bob. That's th- that's what we get. That's how stupid that they believe that we have become that evidence now is just them telling us something. Right. Hey, Greg, uh, I've got a lot of questions here. Do you want to start doiling these questions? Out yeah, let's what? start. Let's start off. Can you see the ones that are starred there? Uh Bob, I can't see the ones that I start. I'm just taking. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I can. I can. Yeah, 18. Well, wow, it went up. The last time I looked at it, it was like five. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I right, told uh, Chester I was going to do a lightning round for some of his questions. He said he had 15 questions, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I could do a real simple like this one. Will there be a road to 2028? No. 
what if the rapture don't happen September 27, 2022? Well, then the Lord will probably show me a new narrative. Okay. I'm not afraid of it not happening. Okay. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. I'm just saying it's a very interesting alignment right now. I'm not going to be dogmatic. It will happen. Thus saith the Lord. No. It's a great alignment. And I'll be very disappointed because, I mean, what else? You know, what? And whatever the line is coming after that is going to be better than this last one. And I don't know how you're going to make this one better than last, but we'll soon see. Said, did Kim Clement lie about Trump winning two terms? You know what? I don't know about that. Some people claim that he did win two, but (laughs) he did. He did. You know, actually, he won. He he claims that he did, right? Yeah, he won, but they're like, yeah, even though he won, we're going to. Uh, we're gonna put somebody in that we want to put in. So that's basically what happens. I think he did win, but be it as it may, is God is a God coming Planet X different from Planet? Well, X hold on, one more, th- one more thing about that, Bob. Before you go to the yeah. next one, he, mm-hmm. Trump is still alive. He's not dead, so he 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 can run for president again, and he could mm-hmm. he could still yeah. win to be two terms. I mean, so it's not like you know, it's two terms out. is out of the question. As a matter of fact, if true. you take a look at. Kevin has you know, a point. We, let's just say we, even if we are raptured or not, he can still become president. I mean, again, so I, I listen. I don't know. I mean, if you take a look at the, the what the way that everything's shaking up right now, doesn't look like Biden's that popular, and doesn't look like he's he's a sure lock to win in twenty twenty four if things continue to go on like they are now. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, most yeah. Democrats, over half the Democrats, don't even want him to run again. So, the, you know, when you look at actual presidents that are in office that are, that are incumbents that are, that can run again. There's not been a president that have had this, this kind of, uh, of approval rating from their own party in like a hundred something years. Yeah. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Trump's st- well, while Trump's still alive, he's still got a chance. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess I'll do a couple more here. I can't do all 15 Chester, but I do admire your zeal, but, um, he says, is Planet X the same as the God Comet? Yes, it's it's the same thing. I just called the God Comet because it acts like a comet, but it's also a planet-sized comet. So it's a very rare, uh, very rare thing. We'll call it, says, comet, um, call it one and a half X, right, Greg? Yeah. I don't know what to call it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't, been, I don't, it's changed I, so many times. And I don't think Gil Broussard knows what to call it anymore. Either, I asked him and he couldn't tell him. So. Yeah. Nobody owns up to it. Nobody owns up to it. Nobody owns up to it. All they know is there, it's out there, and they're trying to hide it. Bob, you're starting to own up to it. Yeah, you're, you're becoming the authority on the God comment. Like God, you should <laughs> trademark God comment. I would read one more question for Chester. It says, "When Planet X gets close to the Earth in 2025, will the solar flares cause the Earth to to heat up so hot to cause Florida to go underwater?" Um, no, I think it was just a six seal earthquake will probably send Florida underwater, I believe. And that will happen right before the, uh, that happens at the six seal, which happens right before the, uh, mid part of tribulation. Basically God shakes the whole world up and say, Hey, I'm about to blow these trumpets. Everybody, everybody start looking up because it's me making these things happen now. And I think he's doing that with the six seal trumpet of six seal earthquake and the six seal judgments. Where Bible says that they hide that the, the the elite go into the rocks of the earth, say the mountains fall on us for the day of His wrath has come, the the wrath of the Lord, three and a half years in. So when those solar flares hit the earth, yes, 
A solar flare can take down our magnetic field and leave us wide open to be burnt up. And I read you guys that Bible verse last week where the angel poured out his vial of the sun, which caused the scorch of the men on the earth. That's going to happen. And the only way you're going to get scorched is our magnetic field has to go down. Mm. So that's going well, to happen. We're not here for it. If Florida does go underwater um, before uh, Trump, if he does win uh, and becomes president again, then and Trump's there in Mar-a-Lago, then, then no, he will not be president again. And then I guess it would be a false prophecy. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we got 18 questions here. Gosh, that's a lot of them. Well, let me start here. with one. Yeah, I guess we'll, uh, we'll go with uh, this one. Looks like someone was asking this. This looks pretty important. If I am saved, will I be included when Jesus comes back? Comes back meaning the second coming or the rapture resurrection? Because if you're saved, yes, you are included because your Holy Spirit generated, regenerated body, uh, spirit, it will overtake your body, regenerate your body, and, and he has to remove you from the earth because the hand of restraint is removed and everything that represents the hand of the restraint will be removed, which will be everybody that's sealed in the body of Christ, born again during the age of grace. If you're if you're saved, you'll be included in the uh, the Calvary coming down at the, at mm-hmm. the second coming. Yeah, that too. So you get included in that one too. That's nice. That's a nice one. Mm-hmm. You get to ride a flying horse. <laughs> That's right. a question for Kevin Hulkman oh, no. from Stephen. Want to do that? Oh, there it is. I did do that, Bob. Weren't you listening to me? Oh, you did? Okay. Oh, that just I might have been answering All right, Greg, that proves it. That proves it. I told you he never listens to me when I'm actually talking, unless I say his name, which is that's what I try to do every once in a while and say, Bob, and then he like wakes up and he's like, oh, <laughs> he wakes up. All right. It is, it is an AMA. So ask me, right? So, all right. Well, let's, uh, we can go to. My testimony was so riveting that Bob Barber forgot. Okay, that's it. I'm going to write a book. Mm-hmm. Bob. I'm going <laughs> to write a book. Well, I, I try to answer a long book. Do stuff here. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book. It's the road to 2028, Bob. That's what I'm going to write. Uh, the road to 2028. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see no. here. How about this one, y'all? You think martial law in Canada is an end time event? Yeah. Well, we're in the end times, so. Yeah, we're 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 at the end of the age of grace. So we're we're at that we're on that brink of you know. <clears throat> but to be serious, I mean, martial law in the future that doesn't sound out of the out of the realm of possibility um, for any country. In, in my, you know, I mean, we're talking about control of of the beast system. I mean, I would think martial law is going to feel like a holiday at at a certain point. Uh, I would say it's all included. I mean, it's got to be, you know. It's an all-inclusive all vacation. Yeah. It's all, yeah. yeah. Would, it's, all part say, of, it's all part of the package. Like, all part of the package. Yeah. What's, what's the difference between now and later martial law? <clears throat> what's the difference? There is no difference. It's just going to be worse. Uh, the consequences <laughs> take, just get take, worse they, as you go. They take your money. They take your land. They can arrest yeah. you for not paying taxes. What's the difference? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Maybe we're already in our martial law and we just don't know that. 
So, I mean, in some respects, we, we, there are, there is to some, a lot of totalitarian control over uh, our lives every single day. And we can feel it clamping down and getting worse and worse and our freedoms eroding. But I'm saying like during the tribulation period, I mean, I, I, I think that, that what our definition of martial law is today is going to, it's going to be way worse than that in the future. Mm-hmm. Don't, do you agree with that, Jim? Or no? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just look at it differently. I just, uh, martial law later on is like, it's more slavery. You either do what we tell you, we kill you. Right now, yeah. we're not, we're in a slave system because you have to use their currency to get things, right? Unless I find somebody to trade, you know, a hundred cows for a plow, that's different. I, I'm not a part of their system, but I think later on, it's just more slavery. Mm. You know, the world has become a slave now to, uh, you know, China's economic arm around the world now. That's true. You know, and you know what? Here's the thing, too. When they start moving about and doing everything they're going to do, a lot of people, a lot of nations are going to get mad at them. But then they're going to be like, oh, hold on a second. We like doing business with these guys. You know what? We're going to turn the other cheek and I'm going to let you do what you're going to do. We don't approve it, but we love your money. You know, a lot of countries also like um, South America, Bob. Mm-hmm. Th- those people are like behold. Those a lot of those countries and the people and the leaders in those countries are beholden to China. Mm-hmm. That they they own so much infrastructure and they own so much technology and they're providing so much of that. And also the politicians are a lot of them are in in the pockets mm-hmm. of China. And I like you said, the, it's like I, I use yeah, the wrong word. I think it's China now. They're going to with that in mind. They have the the, the stronghold on the world financially now. They can move forward and shape this world in their image now. Yeah. And of course, what what are they represented by? The red dragon. <laughs> right. You know, Satan shapes the world in his image, the book of Revelation, the red dragon. So how mm-hmm. you know Well certainly collecting data on everyone uh, who, yeah. who they can, you know, through applications. What were you gonna say, Joe? I used the wrong word. Slavery wasn't the right word. Martial law, when they come, is prisonment. Imprisonment. Prison. When you're in prison, you don't have the right to go out or to do what you want or to live your life. Slavery is more what we're in now, where they tax us, take what we want, and they, the system is just the system has a nice lipstick on it, so it looks nicer, but there's no difference. And um, I would say martial law is more of imprisonment. Yeah. And as far as China sense. goes, wasn't there an article that came out like two years ago that one of the generals of China owns like five airports in Texas? Yeah. Yeah. They own, they own ports as well. Yeah, all kinds of stuff, sure. It's the infrastructure, really right, Bob? And it's like what you said. is like they, they can mold it into – and then when they collect all that data, I mean, I, I agree, dude. The dragon is, is rising, and the, dra- the dragon is going to rise. Mm-hmm. So let's say, what is the Holy Spirit supposed to feel like? Depends. You know, if you're sinning, it feels like a gut check a whole yep. bit. If you're praising and worshiping, it's tears coming out of your eyes and mm-hmm. getting choked up. You know, you know, it's the time <laughs> that fear comes and all of a sudden, like, hold on a second. <laughs> I shouldn't have fear. It's exactly what you need whenever you need it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's all he, he's always there. He's always there to comfort, to to convict, to to encourage I mean, it just depends on what the situation is. So what's the Holy Spirit supposed to feel like? It's supposed to feel like 
it's I mean, it's it's part of the Trinity. It's it's God, the father, the, the, the son and then the spirit. The spirit speaks to you. Uh, and what does it feel like? It feels sometimes it's annoying. <laughs> right. I mean, sometimes you're just like, oh, stop, please. And you're like, no, don't stop, really. But I need to stop. You don't need to stop. I need to stop. It, it, it's like you just you you strive. You don't want to strive too much against the spirit, though, because you do that, then you know you're starting to go down a path that's going to lead to something bad. <laughs> so you got to get back. So and other times, like Bob said, it's just ah, oh, it's just amazing. You just feel. I mean, we've had times like that on this broadcast, Greg, in the past, where we've come off the broadcast and we were just like, wow, you know, that was so fulfilling. I mean. It, the, the spirit, all of us were just in the spirit and, and not to say that we aren't right now because we are, but sometimes though, Bob, it, it gets like, it hits you hard, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Let's say so here at Galatians 5, 22, 23, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such. There is no law, mm. you know, that love and joy, Right there, that joy. Let's, let's focus on joy for a minute. You guys ever get around other believers and you start speaking and start agreeing? All of the revelations start coming. You just finish each other's sentences. You know, you get chills down your back mm. and up your neck. Man, I love that. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're in agreement with other believers and excited. And it's just, you know, that's another one of those physical manifestations I, I get to experience with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, Amen. that's awesome stuff. Yeah. I mean, mainly you want, you really want to have, it's the more this Holy Spirit, the comforter, the better your life is, because that's, that's where you want to be. You want to be in the comfort and you want to be pleasing uh, the father. uh, And you'll know it because the spirit will tell you that you are. And it's uh, that that's, that's when you know, when you're in the sweet spot. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think it will take to get the body of Christ to be one? Well, <laughs> Bob, this is a perfect question for you. Yeah, we're already one. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's a common thread that goes through all of us. We're already one. Mm-hmm. The problem is we have a we have a fleshly mind too that causes us to all disagree with everything, you know. So what do you think it'll take to get the body of Christ to be perfect, Bob? Rapture resurrection. Right. <laughs> Rapture That's- resurrection, man. There's there's no more arguing. That's why I said, you know, once we leave, guys, you know, we like to teach. We're all teachers. You know, we all, I can see all of us have that gift for teaching. You know, we can deliver. We can really talk to all. We know how to deliver, you know, watching you guys. You guys can teach. So we all all have that gift. You get to heaven, we're not going to be teaching nobody. (laughs) So that's what's going to be nice during the millennial reign. You know, come back here to the earth, be able to teach people again. That's true. No, Jesus is the answer to that. That's right. We'll all get set straight, won't we? (laughs) Amen. And then we'll all agree on everything. He he is our peace. He He is. is. Amen. All right, let's get to the next next one here. Uh, This is is an interesting one. Okay. All right. My earthly father was never around. I have challenges developing a relationship with my heavenly father. Any ideas on how to overcome this hurdle? Well, our heavenly father loves you. His is an agape love. It's unconditional love, spiritual love. It's a love that can't be measured. 
So he forgives you for everything. Okay. You know, I'm a father and I, I love my two sons. I could forgive them, you know, but if like Jesus said, forgive somebody that sins 400, 449 times, what, 70 times 70, something like that times in a day, I don't think I could have that much patience for my own son <laughs> to forgive him. <laughs> you know, I was like, boy, you, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, we're going to, we're going to have an issue now. I'm going to punish you now, you know, because you, I don't have to tell you 490 times, you know, but our heavenly father, he, he allowed to keep going and going and going. And it's a love that can't be measured, you know, and it must not get confused. You know, even Jesus said to call nobody on earth father, but the father in heaven. Mm. The father is that's his that's his title. Somehow, somebody the word father got into our language where we call our father in, and I guess our father here on earth is a type, but the person who truly has the title of father is only God the Father in heaven. Mm. So you're comparing apples to oranges right now, actually. That's true. Yeah. And you know what? It also goes back to that verse we were talking about before, you know, um, you know, don't why don't stop trusting in man who has but a breath in his nostrils of what account is he? Okay. The, your father, your earthly father is fallible. He's he, he can mess up. But your heavenly father loves you like Bob, brother Bob says. And, and it's a, an unconditional love that he, he will continue to guide you and direct you. And he will continue to um, be there for you in spirit, always, no matter what. He will never, never leave you or forsake you. Okay? Just remember that. Keep that in mind, that we have a loving Heavenly Father that mm-hmm. is not... Uh, anything like we are here, sinners. Yeah. We mess up. Model, he, right? We mess up. He doesn't. He's yeah. perfect. That's true. If I could uh, just say something to Cindy there. <clears throat> so when I grew up, I grew up in Europe, and my mother left my father because he wasn't a good guy. He was, but he was uh, he was lost. He wasn't saved, so he was always angry, and um, just didn't have the Holy Spirit. So growing up, when we came to the States, you know, my mother remarried, but many years after I had gotten saved. When I hit my knees that day and asked God to come to me and I was saved, not only did he save me, but I truly knew that he was my father, that he was my creator, that he was going to be the only one that would answer me when I called, that would never lie to me, um, that would never hurt me. And the way I built my relationship with him was now I was in a situation where I was in prison when I got saved. So from the moment I got saved, I continued to walk all day with him. When I woke up in the morning, I would talk to him. I would thank him for my creation, for my salvation. I would read the word. In the world you're in, you probably don't have as much time as I did being in there. But what you could do to build that relationship is do what I said in the beginning of the mornings. Set a time at lunch where you talk to him for a few minutes. Talk to him in the evenings before you go to bed and read the word. And I promise you that he will show you how he feels about you. Because God's word never comes back void. And I have so much faith 
I know that he will show you what it is you, you're looking for. And the thing is, Cindy, like, we talk about enduring, and in the Bible it says those who endure to the end. That's not just about the people that are going through the tribulation. That's about all of us right now. And here's one thing you got to remember. He loves faith above all things. So if you just continue to walk with him, he will bless you and he will show himself to you. And you have to remember this. Most people don't realize this. When we endure and we go through the times where we hate ourselves for sinning, he's enduring that distance as you are enduring this misery on earth. Many people don't talk about that. He's enduring up there every day like Bob would endure for his son that may be in the hospital, that might be on a vacation while he's missing him. He is enduring, and as much as we're going through the problems and sinning and going through the problems, why we got to deal with this, he's enduring you watching him go through that pain. What do you think? He doesn't feel pain? He feels pain. It bothers him. He, if he loves you, which he does, then he, it hurts him to see you upset. That's why it bothers him when people sin. That's why the Holy Spirit is offended when we sin and we feel like garbage because we offended somebody that loved us. So building a relationship with him is really easy to do, but you just have to commit to doing it with him, just like if you want a relationship in the real world. And that would be my best advice. I, I endorse that. Nice. All right. Um, Good way to close it. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we only have what, a couple of minutes left, but I think we, I think we nailed most of the, these questions here. But that that was uh, maybe. Well, you know what? We can come back to another time, maybe. All right. Uh, we should we should close that. But uh, any one of you guys want to just close this out in prayer? Sure. Anyone? I'll do it. All right. I'll do it. All right, Bob. All right. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for bringing us all together here tonight, as you do every week. And many people proclaim that this is their time of fellowship because they don't tie into a church anymore. So we thank you for the wisdom that you give us to share with everybody, to give them hope that our day is coming where we will meet you in the air and go home. So, Father, we just ask you right now, strengthen us, lead us, and guide us, the four of us here and everybody listening, and everybody listening that will be listening to this broadcast later on, this prayer goes out to them as well, that you grow them in your wisdom and give them your peace so that we can endure these times that we're heading into because they will become extremely turbulent, and we need you more than ever during this time. So we ask this to be done in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. 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 Amen, brother. Hallelujah.